It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Change makers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. If you've experienced a trauma, you may be left wondering why it happened and how you can heal. According to today's guest, Sherry Trask, you were a victim the moment it happened, but you don't have to remain a victim any longer. Sherry was sexually assaulted at age 19. Afterward, she spent nearly a decade in a long, silent struggle, holed up in hospital rooms with a variety of unexplained illnesses. Sherry finally found the courage to go inward and healed. Sherry is a ghostwriter and nonfiction book writing coach. She is the author of the book, Surviving Silence, A Healing Path to Living Out Loud After Trauma. Welcome, Sherry. Thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So, Sherry, let's start off by talking a little bit about your story. What happened to you when you were 19 years old? Yeah, so when I was 19, I had reluctantly said yes to going out with somebody who I felt in my gut was just not going to be a good decision. Uh, But honestly, as a 19-year-old, I just wanted to get him off my back. And so I said yes, and that turned into the most pivotal moment of my life. Uh, We were supposed to go to a movie that night, and he asked that I meet him at his house to go, and I met him there as I got to his front door. He asked me to come in and pick out a jacket because I would probably get cold at the movie theater. And when I told him, you know, go ahead and just pick something out for me, it doesn't really matter to me. He's like, oh, no, 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 come in, come into my bedroom and and grab one. And everything in my body told me no. Yet there was a piece of me that was just like, just get it over with, move on and go to the movie and this can all be over with. So as soon as I walked through his bedroom door, he grabbed me and he proceeded to rape me from there. He threw me on the bed. He ripped my shirt open. He pulled down my pants. I was pleading with him to stop. And when that didn't happen, you know, all of my senses took over and I blacked out. And I remember small pieces of that moment, like the way it felt. I remember the smell of his aftershave. I remember the scrap of his face on my neck. And when he was finished, he got up and I had tears streaked down my face. And he was like, see, baby, I told you you'd like it. He walked out. And in that moment, I just felt my entire world collapse around me. I fell to the floor from the bed. I like scooched down, fell to the floor and crawled to the adjacent bathroom and I looked in the mirror and the person I saw was not the person that had walked in that door. This was a new person. This was a stranger. It was someone who I felt terrified to get to know. Um, And that moment really did change my entire world in so many ways. I, from there, walked through, back through the bedroom, through the living room and out to my car, didn't say a word. And I cried in my car and it was raining, which doesn't really happen so much where I live in San Diego. It was October 15th and 2000. 
and I started praying and I was asking, you know, whatever, whatever the reason is that this happened, please help me to see the purpose in it so that I can forgive this person and I can be free. And I made a decision at that moment that I would not leave that parking spot until I was able to forgive the man who had just assaulted me. And I know for a lot of survivors, that's usually the last step if it ever happens. But for me, I really felt like I needed that peace in order to have my own freedom and take my power back. And so I'm not sure how long I sat there, but I can say with confidence that I was able to forgive him that night. And the real forgiveness would be the journey of forgiving myself for staying silent for so long afterwards. Well, so Sherry, when that was over, was part of that process for you to almost just push this aside and pretend it never happened? Or did you try to press charges? No, I didn't do anything. I I stayed completely silent for three and a half years before I told the first person. Um, And I didn't mean to tell that person. It just kind of came out. And it was in that moment that I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't take this back. So what do I do with it? And that's when I started speaking openly about it. Why do you think you were silent about it? Did you want to pretend it didn't happen? No, for me, the silence really came more so from not wanting to be seen as different. You know, I just wanted to continue living my life. I didn't want to have to deal with this huge, which for me felt like a huge thing. I just didn't feel like I had the capacity. I didn't I didn't want to, quite frankly, deal with it. I wanted to just move forward and so that I could be this normal person who had everything together, who was going to college and, and nobody had to know. Do you think a lot of sexual assault victims feel the same way? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been speaking publicly about this now since, gosh, it's been about 20 years almost. And I can't tell you how many people I've had come up to me after talks that I've done. And some of them have told me as the first person for the first time in all of these years. And the story continues to be the same. It's like, I haven't told anybody because I don't want anyone to know because I don't want to be seen as different. I don't Mm -hmm. want pity. I don't want to be a victim. I don't want all these things that so many people, you know, kind hearted people that mean nothing but good things by it um, tend to label us as as different and we're already on ourselves we're already labeling ourselves in some way or another and we don't want that oftentimes you know you're right because no matter what we experience in life we're always so quick to blame ourselves for it and and you know so anything let's say you have an argument with a friend you think to yourself well what did i do wrong or what did i do that's like the question we always ask ourselves and so when you're talking about a sexual assault i can almost you know imagine the gamut of things that went through your mind that you blamed yourself for. You know, it's interesting. I totally hear you. And for most people, I would say that that's true. Um, My experience actually wasn't so much of blame. I didn't, I didn't feel this blame or shame or anything like that. It was more so about like, can I just pretend like this didn't happen and move on with my life? It was, it was like an inconvenience to me Mm -hmm. almost. And so I think for me, the more that I allowed myself this space to really dive into it, I was able to uncover the pieces that were connected to like my, my childhood and how I was holding these stories and all of these things. Because with this assault also, what I didn't mention is it resulted in an ectopic pregnancy. And I didn't know if I ever wanted kids. And so when that happened, I was like, oh, my gosh, now I have to deal with this other layer. Nobody can know this. I don't want anyone knowing what happened. Because, again, I was that person that people looked at like, oh, my gosh, she has everything going for her. And I didn't want 
any other stigma attached to myself. So you talked about staying silent for all of these years, which then resulted in a host of unexplained illnesses. What were you experiencing mm -hmm. in those years that followed? Yeah, so, you know, I was 19 when this happened, and I spent nine years of my 20s in the hospital, and it was essentially with things that the doctors were baffled by. Um, I would come in with rashes all over my entire body. There was a moment where um, I was about 20, I think it was 21, 21, 22, and um, I was modeling at trade shows, and I woke up one morning and I physically couldn't move. My hands were stuck. My feet were stuck. I had to crawl on my elbows and my knees to my roommate and say, like, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I have to go to the doctor. Like, something's going on. And I had, like, this massive swelling in my body, so inflammation. And, and I now see it as, like, our, story, our stories keep us sick, stuck, and sad. Mm -hmm. And unless we allow space for these things to you know, be released from us, however that needs to happen, they'll show up and manifest in different ways. And for me, it was physical ailments. And it really was everything that you can imagine. I mean, I had ruptured ovarian cysts, I had a kidney infection so bad that I was hospitalized for nearly two weeks. And my mom was living in Seattle, and they called her and said, you know, we think you should come, we're not sure she's going to make it. And I'm her only child. And so, of course, as a mother, whether it's an only child or not, it's like, oh, my God, my child, what's happening? So these things were constantly showing up. And I was frustrated as heck because I didn't understand why at the time those things were happening. So that led me down a whole path of going back to school to study holistic health to figure it out. Yeah, because that's what will happen, Sherry, when, when there are things that you don't deal with mm -hmm. or you stay silent or you try to stuff down. Your body has a way of then mm -hmm. creating dis-ease. And, and, of course, these mm -hmm. types of things would happen. Yep, absolutely. Yep. So what is it that you want to say to other trauma survivors so that they know they can take that first step to, for healing? You know, w when you're in that situation you tend to think that you're all alone and there's really nothing you can do. So what type of encouragement do you want to offer them? Yeah, you know, I would I would honestly say that one of the biggest things that I did for myself that gave me the capacity to heal, and I, let me put a caveat on there, is I think healing is a continuous process. So I think there are layers. It's just dependent on how deep you want to go. But I will say that one of the most healing the best and most healing practices that I used and I've used with my clients is to allow yourself to mourn the version of you that existed before the trauma occurred. And then from there, get to know the version of you that is asking to be born right now, because it's so easy for us to get stuck in the story of our past, but we cannot be who we were before that happened. And that doesn't make us bad, wrong, or broken. It simply makes us a new version. And that can be even more beautiful than the one that existed prior to. Sure. Do you believe that there are blessings in our struggles? Absolutely. A hundred percent. And did that mindset shift of finally realizing that, did that help you on your healing journey? Yes, absolutely. It's a philosophy I was raised with and I was blessed in that way. Yeah, because a lot of people tend to think that things happen to them and then they become stuck. Mm -hmm. And when you when you mm -hmm. have that mindset that all of these horrible things are, are holding you down and keeping you a victim and, and, you know, happening to your detriment, it's very difficult to dig yourself out of those situations. Yes, 
Absolutely. I think one of the things that I find so important, especially around rape itself, is that the fact is we don't move on from rape, but we can move forward with it. And it's up to us to figure out how to do that with the support of other people that can hold our stories with care. What do you hope to accomplish with your book, Surviving Silence? Uh, My deepest wish is that it will impact survivors and their loved ones in a positive way, in a way that they can feel safe to express their experiences from a place of self-compassion and self-love and knowing that they are, they are merely a new version of themselves that is just incredible and healing is possible for anybody. And once again, that book is Surviving Silence, A Healing Path to Living Out Loud After Trauma. If you'd like to learn more about Sherry and her work, you can visit SherryTrask.com, and that's S-H-E-R-E-E, SherryTrask.com. Sherry, thank you so much for spending this time with us and for being so generous and open about your story. When a person hears something like you've gone through and where you are today, it offers so much hope. So I'm so happy that you were here to be with us and to just share all that you've experienced. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, CYACYL.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read the digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in.